0: These benefits forward. And it is it is difficult to do that. And so, Steve, I want to ask you for people out there. And cut the Hallelujah. Crap <laughs> right. Thank you.
1: Well, you're absolutely right. I mean, because it's it's, it's you know what it, nobody talks about about people who co- who are conformists.
0: Yes, that's right.
1: Speakers don't talk about them. No, nope. I don't write about them. No nope. books are not written about them. They write about the insurgents. That's right. They write about the disruptors. Mm-hmm. They write about the rebels.
2: That's
0: who they write about. What is going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining yours truly, Brian Caligari, on this week's episode of Cut the Crap Podcast, where you know what we're doing here every single week. I'm reading a book, condensing it down to its core, Golden Nuggets. I'm bringing the author on the show to have a conversation about the Golden Nuggets, and I'm here with you every single week, just trying to save you a little bit of time and bring you some information that can spark real change in your life. And I got to say, I'm sorry, all of you guys. I'm sorry for every single one of you out there who was who waiting on Monday morning, waiting for this thing to launch, and uh, there was no Ryan. There was no Cut the Crap Podcast, and I'm sorry. I know I got a lot of emails from so many of you saying, what's going on? Are you stopping? Are you going on? No, no, no. I just took the took a little bit of a time off and uh was enjoying the long weekend. It's a long weekend where i'm at and went out camping went out camping and um spent some time with some friends and family and it was just um oh man, it was just a really really good time and i had had so much fun and decided to stay out a little bit later stayed a little bit longer and uh just enjoy their company and I know it's coming out a day later, so I really appreciate your patience with that, but um, just enjoyed my time this weekend and uh, really recharged the battery. So really excited that I had the opportunity to do that, but it's even more excited that I'm back here. So this week, what are we talking about? This week, we're talking about a very cool book, a sales marketing book. You know, we're kind of going back into a little bit more business style here, and uh, this one in particular, I really loved because there was so much of it that was marketing related, so much of it that was innovation related, so much of it that's relevant to businesses small medium large even there's different strategies different techniques different tools that you can use in your business to be uncopyable that's the title of the book uncopyable how to create an unfair advantage over your competition this one's by steve miller i love steve man i had the opportunity to talk to him i talked to his wife and they're just really great people great characters and i'm telling you they're just really um uh, i've said it already but they're just really great people and, and i'm telling you The older I get, the more I appreciate just really good people in my life, and uh, Steve is one of those people, and this book is definitely a gem. And Based on my experience in marketing and my experience in innovation, product development, there's a lot of really great strategies in here that you all need to learn, and we talk about that today on the podcast. So I really want to crack into this one for all you who are interested in the marketing side of things and growing your business side of things. This one's going to be very interesting to you, so definitely give it a listen. Let me know what you think once it's done, and um, if you love this show, then definitely go online, rate and review the show. You know how this spiel goes. You get yourself in there, and I'll make sure you get into the draw for a prize every quarter Again, before we get started here, don't forget to connect with me on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter—you know the deal. And um, of course, why don't we just crack right into this one right now? So, everybody, enjoy this one. Is Steve Miller's uncopyable? How to create an unfair advantage over your competition? I'll catch you back here at the end of the episode. Enjoy, everyone. Steve, how you doing this morning?
1: I'm doing great, Ryan. Um, actually, I thought I was interviewing you.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry, I got this backwards. <laughs> Hey, this is great. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, let's let's change the script up here. Interview me. Talk talk to me about your book. Yeah. Tell me about your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so, Steve, again, you, I, I love you. I, I love talking to your wife, Kay. You guys are awesome people, great energy. I, I couldn't wait to get you on the show. And I know Cut the Crap Podcast, you guys are going to fall in love with these, these, these people. And, uh, you know, Steve, for yourself, you, know, you are a ball of energy. And uh, for people who don't know you yet or know what your stick is, what your spiel is, or, or even why you yeah. wrote the book on Uncopyable in the first place, introduce us yeah. to yourself, man. Tell, uh, tell all of Cut the Crap Pos- Podcast Nation what you're about.
1: Okay. Well, first of all, uh, I am better known as Kelly's dad and marketing gunslinger. And really, what that's all about is that uh, I, I I say that because I tell people Kelly's dad is who I am, marketing gunslinger is what I do, and they are in the order of what's what's important to me. Nice. And uh, uh, but that's that's my title, and uh, I, you know, my background is very Forrest Gumpish. Hmm. Uh, my father was the co-inventor of the eight-track tape player. Hmm. Uh, I have played on the PGA Golf Tour. Wow. I've actually done some stunt work in Hollywood. I've worked in copper mines. Uh, I mean, all of this wow. basically means that I'm completely unemployable. <laughs> Can't keep a job. Uh, but uh, eventually, I got into sales and marketing, and I got apparently I got good at it <laughs> because I started having other other companies ask me, "Hey, how do you do that?" Mm. And so I started working, you know, probably about 32 years ago, 33 years ago, uh, consulting for, for companies. My very first client was Apple Computer. Awesome. Uh, and, uh, nice first client. You know, yeah, it was it was <laughs> wonderful, you know, because they actually ended up, you know, uh, referring me to other people. Hmm. And so that really, uh, and I was kind of doing it on the side from my regular business uh, mm-hmm. uh, In as I was a national uh, sales manager for a company. Uh, Japanese radio-controlled toy company.
2: Wow. And
1: so, uh, and I was really good at it and was in charge of all the marketing as well. And, uh, but I started doing this on the side, found that I had more fun, and I was actually making more money
2: Mm -hmm. on
1: the side. So, you know, voila, a consultant was born, Mm -hmm. and then the way I used, uh, the way I promoted myself was by becoming a professional speaker. Nice. And so... And then, ultimately, I started to find out that, oh, you have to have a book. Yes. So I started writing books, and my first book came out in 1990 uh, called How to Get the Most Out of Trade Shows, mm-hmm. which ended up being a big seller in, the, mm-hmm. in that industry, and gradually worked my way up to my recent book, which we're talking about, Uncopyable. Uh, but, uh, but how this all kind of came to be was that as I worked with companies, uh, even 30 years ago and uh, to today... I started to notice that there was that one one of the biggest problems the companies had was separating themselves from the competition, mm-hmm. and and as technology became more and more prevalent in our world, uh, and and things changed faster, and uh, technology really took over. It started to allow small companies to compete with big companies, and uh, things you know production became. Much much faster. You know, back when I was in the toy industry, it would take—if we wanted to design a product, it took us six months to literally come up with a prototype mm. uh, and uh, and then go into production. It was extremely expensive. You know, nice. nowadays you, you can have a prototype tomorrow, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, so it, so the idea of competition became very very difficult. Uh, and separating yourself from the crowd became very, very difficult mm-hmm. because it was very easy to copy the competition. And so my focus in working with companies from both a, a marketing and a branding perspective came to where, how, how do we do that? You know, how, uh, um, outside of just the product, outside of customer service, mm-hmm. and definitely because we don't want to compete on price. That's right. Uh, how do we do that? And that's where the – kind of the term uncopyable came from was how can we make ourselves
0: uncopyable? Yeah, and I love that term, uncopyable. And for anybody out there who's a marketer, who's a freelancer, who's an entrepreneur, who runs a business, you are always interested in trying to gain a competitive advantage. And I love that you put it right there, how to create an unfair advantage over your competition. It had me right right from the very byline. So I think that this is going to be a great interview for a lot of people out there in Cut the Crap Podcast Nation who also want to know how they can be uncopyable. So why don't we kick right into this one? with golden nugget number one, the marketing diamond. Most people, yeah. you say, are marketing backwards. So Cut the Crap yeah. Podcast Nation, you, you're marketing backwards. You are, so, all of you. So Steve, <laughs> so tell us why this is the case and how the marketing diamond can help all of us course correct.
1: Well, the marketing diamond came out of, uh, one of the, the, the situations that I found with pretty much all of my corporate clients, small and large was that they would fall into the trap of when they would start to think about, they would come up with a product, and then they would, they would say, okay, uh, where should we promote this product? And, of course, this, again, technology started advancing, and then we started getting into the Internet. We started getting into, and then when social media came along, it's sort of like people started would say, oh, well, we have to be on social media, so how do we promote this on social media? Hmm. Uh, and that's the tool. That's the tool that you use. when you're When you're talking about media, that is just simply a tool. That's mm-hmm. not a strategy. Uh, and when you are focusing on the tool first, and when you when you say, "Oh, we have to be on Instagram," mm-hmm. um, and, you, you know, then then you're actually doing it. You're you're, promote, you're promoting yourself and you're marketing yourself backwards right. because the very first thing that you have to do is you have to define your your marketplace. And mm-hmm. so, like I look at it as a four. You know, it's like a baseball field, except that I. Have home home plate up at the top, mm-hmm. but because the top point of the, the marketing diamond is the most important, and that's your market. Who is your market? And I mean, you got a laser beam target that. I mean, there's a lot of conversation now about uh, defining avatars. You know, the mm-hmm. person. You know, really getting into a very tight description of of uh, what that means. And and it really came home to me. I was doing some consulting for Nordstrom. A number of years ago and and i was in a meeting with the top guns at, at nordstrom and we we're talking about kind of this strategy that we wanted to take to the, you know to the marketplace mm-hmm. and as we would be talking about it one of them would turn to the other one and would say uh well what do you think barbara thinks about this mm-hmm. and they would go oh well you know barbara probably blah, 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 you know and and then we would talk a little bit and i'm i'm thinking who's barbara right right and uh then we talk a little bit more and they'd say, uh, do you think Barbara would be okay with that? Hmm. And they would blah blah blah. And finally I said I said, um, excuse me, but who is Barbara <laughs> and why isn't she here in this meeting?
0: <laughs> Fair question.
1: <laughs> and their response was, Oh, they laughed, you know, they go, Oh no, Barbara is the picture of our customer and this mm. was as far as I knew this was long before people started coming up with avatars. Right. Um, I mean, because this is years ago. Mm-hmm. And and it was the first time I'd ever heard a company talk about their customer from a very specific perspective. Of, this is who our customer is. She is between the ages, you know, she's 45 years old. She's got, you know, three kids. Two of them, two of them are grown. One's getting ready to go into college. You know, I mean, they, hmm. they were very clear about who this person was. Right. And so they were... And by doing that, they were able to get right into that person's mind. Mm-hmm. And I call it uh, I call it hunting moose hmm. uh, in my book. And what mm-hmm. I mean by that is, if we look at the marketplace out there, if if we just look at the broad marketplace as being a forest, and we are going into the forest and we are hunting for a customer, but our customer is our customer is not all the animals in the forest. Mm-hmm. Uh, our animal, uh, the animal we're we're hunting is moose. And if we are hunting moose, we have to ask ourselves the question, okay, well, what does a moose, how, how do we capture a moose? Or how do we, sh- you know, get, get to a moose? Well, mm. we have to, first of all, go to where the moose are hanging out. This is where the number one thing comes mm. comes from. It's we have to understand what, what, where is the moose hanging out? So I have to know that first mm-hmm. before I decide to use a medium. So like if, if you know, I mentioned Instagram. So, like, let's say I go uh, you know, I, I go out and I really study my moose, and I find out my moose, they are nowhere near Instagram, mm-hmm. right? In fact, my moose doesn't even use social media.
2: Mm-hmm. My mm-hmm.
1: moose is still in, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, this is very possible, right? Right. That there are, there are niches, there are segments, there are forests out there, and there are moose out there who they are only reading newspapers. Right. Uh, or they are they uh, they still watch TV news,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Well, that's where I'm going to market to them. Yes. Right. That's the that's the media I'm going to use. But I have to know my moose first, mm-hmm. and I have to know the bait that I'm going to offer them first. In other words, the message to the market. Mm-hmm. So so the market is defined first. Who's your moose? And then I ask and then I ask the question: What message do I? You know, what message can I use? That is bait Mm -hmm. to my moose that will make them want to, you know, all of a sudden look in my direction and go, "Oh, Hmm. I'm interested in more talking to you some more."
2: Mm -hmm.
1: All right. So the first thing is market. Second thing is is message, and then the third thing is media. Mm -hmm. Right. That's that's where that's where the media comes in at, at at that point, and then it and then the fourth part of the diamond is the moment. In other words, when is that? Moose going to be ready to buy. Yes, uh, and, and I always say that the purpose of marketing uh, is to be on the mind of the prospect when the prospect is ready to buy, because we don't always control that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So what we have to do is we have to create a conversation. You know, we, have to use a, we have to have a message that they are interested in, and then we start a conversation with them mm-hmm. through the media that they are comfortable using, that they are already using, and then we do it in such a way that when that lightning bolt comes out of the sky, strikes them in the head, and it's and, and they go, oh, my gosh, I need this.
0: Mm-hmm. That's right.
1: You know, do they think of you first? Do they think of you second? Do they think of you at all? And the objective is that we're the only
0: one they think about. That's right. So, again, that's market number one, message number two, media number three, and moment number four. And, again, Cut the Crap Podcast Nation, how many of you out there start by saying we need to get on Instagram, we need to get on Facebook. We need to start a podcast. We need to do whatever. You're starting right. with the media first. And that's what 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 Steve means by you're marketing backwards is that you're instead of starting with the market at the top of the diamond, you're starting at the bottom of the diamond with media. And it's far too prevalent. And that actually is the reason why you see so many really mediocre Instagram uh, websites, Instagram posts, um, or sorry, Instagram profiles, Instagram posts, Facebook profiles, Facebook posts, because you really haven't done enough really research or due diligence to understand what your market is, what they want, what the message should be. And that's yeah. where your strategy starts. It doesn't start with Instagram or Facebook. And I know it's perhaps an unpopular thing because you see people on Instagram, and you just want to get into it, and I think, hey, you know what? get into it, dabble with it. But just know that you're not approaching it in the best way possible, and you have to do what Steve says, and you have to course correct and start at the top. Yeah, you got to be diamond. careful
1: of shiny objects.
0: That's exactly right because there's always new types of social media platforms that will come up, new types of tools or new ideas, yep. but it always starts with the foundation. And I'm glad you brought that yep. up because it's a great reminder for all of us. That's for sure. Yep, yep. So golden nugget number two now, uncopyable branding. So now this gets into really some of the three strategies of being uncopyable, and the first one is branding. So your branding proposition, your big promise, it's at the core of uncopyable branding. So Steve, help us understand the first of these three uncopyable strategies.
1: Well, the uncopyable strategies are designed to help you become, uh, like, to become uncopyable, Mm -hmm. right? It it becomes something else other than, like I say, the product, service, or know or the price Mm -hmm. Uh, and branding is the first one because branding is your promise to the marketplace Um, the word brand is a very fuzzy word Uh, it means a lot of different things but the main thing to understand is that what you're trying to do is you are trying to make a you are determining what you represent to the marketplace and then you are saying to the marketplace place here is what we promise to you Mm -hmm. and it has to be meaningfully specific uh, too many companies, I should, I should say all of them, in fact, mm-hmm. the vast majority of the people who are listening to this right now, if, if I go to your websites right now, your big promise to me is you're going to give me the best customer service. I don't even know what that means. Hmm. But you all say it. You hmm. all say the best customer service. That's, That's not true. a promise. That's a vague generality. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a promise is, like Disney says, you know, the happiest place on earth. That when you come to Disney World, we guarantee you that you are coming to the happiest place on earth. And I remember when we were when we took our uh, our daughter Kelly uh, down to Disney World when she was much smaller. Um, I don't think we even mentioned to her that it was called the happiest place on earth. But we were out there running around one time, and she turned and she looked to you know looked at Kay, and she said, "You know what, Mom? This is the happiest place on earth." And so here's a kid who is already you know looking at and, and she is saying. You know they made this promise to me and dogged on it. Boy, they are delivering. Hmm. So the the branding part is: what is your promise to the marketplace that you are going to deliver to them that really nobody else can deliver? Nobody else can deliver. Harvey, uh, Harvey, Har- Harley Davidson. Mm-hmm. I talk about them in the book too. And mm-hmm. um, one of the best lines I ever heard was in Milwaukee during one of their uh, every five years they have big party. You know, 100,000 Harleys from around all over the world come to uh, Milwaukee for a big party. I happened to be there one time, and I was watching the news, and they were interviewing one of the executives at Harley-Davidson. And she said, oh, gosh, you know, we have over 100,000 of these of people in black leather and ponytails and tattoos and uh, you know, mother rapers and father rapers, <laughs> and all these people all over the place, right? Mm-hmm. You know, how are you going to keep the city safe? Right. And the executive laughed and said, "What you don't understand is, what we sell is the ability for a forty-year-old accountant to dress in black leather, ride through small towns, and have people be afraid of him,
2: mm. right." <laughs>
1: That's the promise, right, so it's the promise of that you you are living a different life you, you, you when you get on the Harley, you're a different person, and when you get on the Harley, you're part of the Harley nation mm-hmm. you're part of the Harley family, right you know? and I mean after all how many how many brands do we know out there you know? people have tattooed on their butt
0: that's yeah no kidding yeah they've that's exactly what they've done that essentially has provided them with a very strong competitive advantage in the marketplace where that lasted for years and years and years and well decades and it's really created an environment a community for their customers and yeah
1: and some people will say well harley's in trouble right now well you know what it's the pendulum yes and uh and everybody goes through a pendulum. Everybody goes That's through a pendulum right. in, a mar- in a marketplace. And, that, and the thing is is that is that are you strong enough to get through that? And if you don't have that branding proposition like Harley does, then y- your odds of getting through are much, much lower.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: See, I, I would put my money on Harley before I'll put it on any, any of the other motorcycle companies.
0: Completely agree. Completely agree. So everyone out there on Cut the Crap Podcast Nation, how many of you – are investing in time or investing time in creating an uncopyable brand for your company. I wager maybe not too many of you are, and it's something that you have to start thinking about. Start thinking about that and start putting some time, start putting some effort into that because that will be your first differentiator there. And it's going to be your first big competitive advantage. Uncopyable branding. Love that. Right. Yep. Golden nugget number three, uncopyable innovation. So this idea of stealing genius and and innovation, well, with innovation in general, people, it's a term that people don't quite understand. And when people try to understand it or they try to create their own innovation today, it's a lot easier to point to innovations than it is to actually create their own. So help us understand this second uncopyable strategy of innovation.
1: Well, innovation, let's, let's put it this way, is that the vast majority of companies uh, they might even say that they're innovators, and they're not. You know, they they are improvers. Uh, they they take something that is already going on in the marketplace, and they might improve it. Uh, they might even improve it, you know, multi, you know, exponentially or something or, or something like that. But it's still just an improvement, and improvement is not innovation. Innovation is game changer. Innovation is bringing something something into your marketplace that simply does not exist mm-hmm. right now in any form at all. The biggest problem in marketplaces, uh, and like I said earlier, was that it's hard to com- hard to compete. It's hard to separate yourself from the competition. And the number one reason why it's hard is because we spend 99% of our time just looking inside our marketplace Mm -hmm. you know i call it being in the box and when you're in the box your whole marketplace is in the box your industry is in the box and we could use you know we've already talked about disney and and harley davidson and those are perfect examples is that uh you know if we look there's a there's a box for motorcycles and when and the motorcycle companies all look at each other what are they do You know, what are each other doing? And the other one, somebody says, "Oh, hey, they're doing this. We could do it, but we could do it better."
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then another company looks at them and says, "Oh, well, they're doing that. Well, we could do that, but we could do it better." Mm. And they're all just looking at each other. So, and I always say that competition does not breed uh, innovation; mm-hmm. it breeds conformity.
2: Mm.
1: Because nice. that's why it becomes so hard to separate yourself is because you are comparing what you are doing with what everybody else is doing right now, and all you're trying to do is get better than the Mm -hmm. others, but better is always copyable. Mm -hmm. The way that you step outside, and I learned this a couple of big big ways, but one was through Nordstrom. was when Jim Nordstrom, who was president of Nordstrom at the time, contacted me, and uh, he said, hey, we want to hire you to come in and uh, help us uh, with our marketing strategy and branding strategy. And I said, oh, well, you must have made a mistake because I don't know anything about retail. <laughs> you know, I'm a B2B guy, right? right? And he said, that is exactly why we're hiring you. He said, Because if we hire a consultant in the retail industry, he's going to teach us what he'll teach all of our competitors.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You don't know. So we want you to come in and teach us what you know. So in other words, they were reaching outside of their box they they were in the department store box mm-hmm. and what and instead of and, and you know it's not just getting out of you know the phrase getting out of the box mm-hmm. in my opinion you have to build your own box yes so that so that you have your own box so that when customers prospects see you they don't really see anybody else
2: mm-hmm. they
1: just see you and so the the number one way to innovate is to go out and study Aliens, mm, nice. and like you mentioned, it, I call stealing genius,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, where you go study aliens, and I've had I've I've had construction companies, major construction companies that I have taken, and we studied the American Girl store,
2: mm.
1: you know, in you know in Chicago, and uh, you know executives of a, of a construction you know big huge construction company, and. And they stole ideas from the American Girl store right. on how to work with their customers. And I've had I had Delphi Automotive, a tier one, uh, you know, automotive uh, supplier, right? Automotive mm-hmm. parts sup- supplier. You know, I've taken them to Disneyland. Wow! And we've we've gone and we've studied Disneyland from a perspective of how do they create better experiences for their customers, mm. and so. And then we steal ideas from there because when we, when we take ideas from there and we bring them back, then you've got a new idea. That's right. Now you're bringing back something. It might be common in another industry, mm-hmm. but it's not common in yours. In fact, it's, it's, no, it's not even on the radar screen That's right in your industry. And so you go steal that idea and you bring it back. And so I always tell people, look, you've got to open your eyes. Go to go to the Apple store, go to the American Girl store, go to Victoria's Secret, because these are places that we all go. We, we're all near,
2: mm-hmm. you know,
1: at, at some point. And go in, but don't go in looking as if uh, you're a customer. Go in and see how they manage the experience. You know, right. how are they managing the branding proposition? How are they managing what they're doing with customers. How do they display their products? How do they handle signage? What do they do with traffic flow? I mean, look at all these different things that you go, oh, that's something we could do in our business.
0: Yes. Mm -hmm. And
1: you steal the ideas from them.
0: It's absolutely brilliant. And again, this is something that maybe we don't do enough of. And I'll, it's not maybe. We don't do enough of this. We don't. Yeah. One of my first mentors, early mentors, Jay Abraham, he, he's an absolute uh, dynamo when it comes to sales and marketing. He was one of my first mentors along with Chet Holmes. And the one thing he always said was, you know, how can he come up with all these very unique sales and marketing strategies? He goes, I go outside of our industry. He goes, everyone in our industry is doing the exact same thing. But I go out and if I'm doing something along the lines of in technology, I'll go to real estate. Or I'll go to automotive and I'll see what they're doing. And I might not get anything from that, but I might get a little nugget of something that I can take back to my own industry. And all these different elements, as you say, Steve, they're so important. And I love this. Study aliens. right? Go yeah, outside. Jay go, was, go like outside. you say,
1: Jay was doing that for you know, you know, Jay has been doing that for years. And he's been teaching for years. And how many of oh. his students do that?
0: Yeah, very few, man. Very few. And, and Not
1: I, very many. And you know Not what? It's,
0: it's, and I don't blame them because a lot of the times when they come out into the marketplace, they kind of get sucked into this whirlwind of, of this is how we've always done it. This is what we do. And these marketing managers, these people who are maybe a little bit more disruptive and, and, and what have you, they're taking on this tried and true approach of this is how we do it and this is how we innovate. And it's just wrong. It's just wrong. And there's not enough diversity. There's not enough unrelated stimulus to their industry. One of the things that you mentioned, again, is studying aliens. I just love going outside of my country. So for example, when I go traveling in, you know, Europe or Asia, for example, I'll go and look at different things they're putting out there, different ways of transportation, different ways of communicating, different advertisements. And that's why I love going to different countries because you can see how yeah. they how they communicate, how they use things differently. And you can take that back with you wherever you are. And right. leverage that. So if you're in Asia or Europe and you go to North America or vice versa, you go to South America or wherever, you can leverage different pieces of stimulus from these unrelated industries, unrelated geographies, and take it back with you. And it's easier said – it, or it's, I think it's easier said than done because, you know, we just don't think like that. And so by planting well, these you know, seeds like you, you
2: speaking.
1: Oh, yeah, I was speaking in Shanghai about two months ago. And, uh, you know, quick story about what happened to me there. I was in the hotel – I was staying at this beautiful hotel, a Shangri-La hotel, Um, but I came back after I was out uh, speaking, right, and I come back to my room, and on the floor was a pair of slippers, Hmm. but there was a note next to the slippers. Interesting. And the note said, Dear Mr. Miller, um, I noticed your shoes, uh, and Hmm. and I think that the slippers that we had in the closet are smaller than your your shoes, <laughs> and so I took the liberty of bringing you a larger pair of slippers. Wow. I hope that's okay. Wow. Enjoy your stay, like that, right? Now you see. Now that's that, see. I would steal that. Oh yeah. Because Absolutely. What I would do is I would think. I would think in terms of what I would map the my customers' experience, mm-hmm. and I would look at things that are just totally. You know, pe- you just don't pay any attention to right mm-hmm. slippers in the closet. <laughs> you know, it's
0: different, uh, man. It uh, It is different. And again, I know. The-
1: and so it's like, okay, well, what common thing do we do mm-hmm. that we take for granted for our customers
2: mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: that yeah. everybody takes for granted that we can just do, we can do something like that. See, I would look for, okay, how can I steal that idea?
0: Of course. And how simple was that too? How simple? Oh, yeah. So simple, but yet very, very innovative. And again, if you work for, you know, the Delta or Doubletree or Fairmont or what have you, a simple little innovation like that makes a big difference and it creates a different type of customer experience, which kind of leads us now into our next golden nugget, which is golden nugget number four, creating the uncopyable experience. And so today we hear so much about creating a truly unique experience. And again, like innovation, it's easier to pinpoint an uncopyable experience than it is to actually create one. So... Again, we've talked about innovation, and we can use the, the, the system around innovation that you just described for us to help create new experiences, but maybe go into more detail in terms of how we can create attachment along with this uncopyable experience
1: well, the you know stealing genius to me is is something that I have to reach, reach back to you know for all of this stuff mm-hmm. because it's like it's like I, I have to find a new idea yep. um, but experience. The, the customer experience is something that's and, and customer experience is not customer service mm-hmm. uh I, I think there's a lot of confusion out there uh of what this means and uh and i'll give you i'll give you two examples from the same company what i'm talking about the difference between service and experience uh, i was i was working with a company called gallery furniture uh down in houston now um, you might actually know who this, who this person is. The guy who owns Gallery Furniture, his name is Jim McInvale. He's known as Mattress Mac in hmm. Houston. He owns the largest privately owned furniture store in the world. And back last year during the Hurricane Harvey, when Hurricane Harvey hit Houston and it just totally flooded Houston like nothing you've ever seen, hmm. you know, thousand-year flood, um, he went on Facebook Live And he said, anybody who is displaced from your home, come to come to my store. You can you can stay in our store. You can sleep on our beds. You can sleep on our couches. You can stay here. We will we will feed you. We will take care of you. The guy the guy became world famous. Hmm. You know, this was all over the place. Right. And um, and so as. Just as a gesture of, of God, we were so impressed with the guy, we sent him a copy of my book um, and out of the blue, he calls me up and he says, "I love your book i want to I want you to come and consult for me right so I go down there and i and i'm in a meeting with him and his delivery people mm-hmm. and they're telling and I said, Tell me stories about your deliveries and one and and, and a, an example of customer service was they were delivering a couch to a, a, an apartment on the fourth floor of this one building, and they get there, and it's an old apartment building. They can't get the – the couch won't fit in the elevator, hmm. won't, won't fit in the stairs. So they don't know what to do, but then they, then they come up with this idea that, hey, you know, the, the, we'll attach the couch mm-hmm. under, underneath the uh, elevator, mm-hmm. right, and hang it from the ele- – underneath. Right. And so they did that. And then they took the elevator up to the fifth floor. They opened up the doors on the fourth floor, and they pulled it, pulled the couch in, you know, from there, and then delivered it to the, to the apartment.
2: Hmm.
1: Now that is an example of incredible customer service.
2: Absolutely.
1: See, that's an example of of going above and beyond, on the specific service that they were delivering. Hmm. Right. That's customer service. That's world class customer service. But then another another couple of delivery people said to me. Um, Yeah, we delivered, uh, um, uh, you know, a bedroom set to a small ranch outside of Houston. And after we delivered it and everything was done, we asked the woman, is there anything else that we can help you with? Mm -hmm. And she said, well, my husband, you know, is injured. And, uh, you know, we we need to feed the cattle and exercise the horses. Hmm. And the two guys said, Say no more. And one of them ran out, corralled, got, got the c- cattle into the corral, hmm. and fed the cattle. The other guy jumped on the horses w- one by one, you know, bareback, yeah. rode them around for a while, and then they were done.
0: Huh.
1: And they left. That is customer experience. Yes. Because that's something that's not part of the, del- not part of the s- service mm-hmm. that, you, that you're promising to people. You know, it it is unexpected. It's something that is outside the walls of the definition of customer service. So there were two examples from both. You know, within the same company, one an example of outstanding customer service, and the other one the example of, oh my gosh, (laughs) (laughs) like what?
0: (laughs) <laughs> and that's that kind of element of surprise that really stands out for people and people tell stories about and people spread around like that's, again, if you go back to Seth Godin, ideas that spread, creating that unique, uncopyable experience is what truly makes your company stand out over others. And that's what we're talking about today is creating this unfair competitive advantage over your competition. Right. And that is how it's done. But again, yep. we we don't give enough time or attention to creating these uncopyable experiences and why is that though, Steve? Is it just because it's hard, and that's why people don't do it, and they would rather gravitate towards something that's, that's I easy? Think
1: that's a very big part of it. Is that is that it's hard, um, but number two is is that we don't think that way. Mm. You know, we, we get into the into the box. Yes. You know, and there are unwritten rules in the box of of how do you compete? You know, you go to the same trade shows, mm-hmm. you read the same magazines, you you know, you all hang out together. Um, and you just, and it's, it's easy.
0: That's right. To mm. do that. Absolutely. And then,
1: and then that also gives you permission to bitch.
0: Yeah,
1: it does. <laughs> you know, oh man, I'm tired. You know, I came up with this great idea and those guys, uh, you know, our competitors, they copied it right away. <laughs>
2: you
1: know? but, but it's hard, it's hard to step, to create your own box because your own box it now is. is empty. You got an empty box. It is. And and when you create that box of your own, like Harley Davidson did, like Disney did, you know Victoria's Secret has done that. It's you know American Girl has done. That. American Girl is just a doll store. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. uh, all it is. It just sells dolls. Mm-hmm. But you know what? It's also got a restaurant. It's got a beauty salon. Mm-hmm. It's you know that you could the, the doll can get a tattoo. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. I mean, <laughs> it is. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's totally crazy. It's a it's. You know, they've gone above and beyond what, what is normally, would normally be expected.
0: That's right. And I, I don't want to go into a little bit of a diatribe here, but all these 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 three different strategies, uncopyable what branding. What the heck
1: does that word mean?
0: Oh, a diatribe. I'm going to go on a big rant here for a second. Oh, thank you. There we goes. My,
1: my book is only one syllable word. so
0: I was reading a dictionary yesterday, and this is the last word I read, so that's why I Okay, diatribe. Diatri- <laughs> diatribe, yeah. Um. So this uncopyable branding, uncopyable innovation, uncopyable experience, all these things we should be doing on a regular basis, but we don't because I believe I truly believe that fear is at the core of a lot of this because it's much easier to blend in and not create a ruckus than it is to actually create a ruckus and do something that perhaps breaks the status quo in your industry. It's a risk and people don't necessarily want to take those risks because oh, I don't want to lose my job. I don't want to stand out too much. I don't want to make too much noise. I just kind of want to blend in and cut the crap podcast nation. I hope that some of you out there are willing to be lynchpins, are willing to take risks, are willing to be uncopyable. But it's going to be difficult for you to do that. And I know that if you have managers or CEOs, that there is, there's a level of resistance there and that they're saying, listen, like, why don't we just do what the rest of our competitors are doing? Or our competitors, are they doing that? Because if they're not, then maybe I don't want to do that. And it's really up to you to really push this agenda forward, to remind your, your, your CEO, your director, your manager as to why you need to be uncopyable. Why you need to be more uh, more benefit uh, more benefit driven um, and and drive these benefits forward and it is it is difficult to do that and so Steve I want to ask you for people out there and cut Alleluia. the crap <laughs> right Thank you
1: Well you're absolutely right I mean because it's it's, it's you know what, it, nobody talks about about people who co- who are conformists
0: Yes that's right
1: Speakers don't talk about them No nope. I don't write about them No nope. books are not written about them They write about the insurgents that's right they write about the disruptors Mm -hmm. they write about the rebels that's who they write about
0: yes Mm -hmm. and the challenge here that is just that people maybe they're not they don't have enough conviction to their idea and that's why I love getting Steve on the podcast to talk about these things and I hope that he's planted some seeds in you and if you want to dig further into it you know pick up the book read it and share this with your senior executives share this with your directors your managers your CEO whoever it is and start to pitch that. It's not gonna happen overnight. It might not because your culture might not be ready for it, but you have to do your best to continue to plant the seeds, right? You can't go into your executive team right away and say, hey, I wanna do uncopyable branding, uncopyable innovation, uncopyable experience. We're gonna do it all this quarter. It's probably not gonna happen that way. It's yeah. gonna be a slow, progressive movement to changing the culture, changing the way that people think internally. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you it's so freaking important to do this because guaranteed you're not doing this, guaranteed your competition's not doing this. And if you want to create that competitive advantage, these three uncopyable strategies are core to you doing something different, more unique, something uncopyable in your marketplace. Yep. But as we finish up this this episode, we're gonna finish up on one last golden nugget. And this kind of bleeds into the experience piece. And I really, really love this one. And I, I want you to talk about this in a little bit more detail. But golden nugget number five, creating rock stars. So far too many of us today, we're focused on you know social media marketing. We're focused on trying to get our Instagram followers up. We're focused on SEO, creating blog content, videos, podcasts, whatever. But we don't focus enough on making our customers Feel like rock stars. So, what do you mean by that, and how do we do that?
1: Well, you know, it, it's it, you know, part of being different is also how you treat your customers. And, it, and it's one thing to say, Oh, we give them great service, like I said, we everybody gives great service. That's just
2: mm-hmm.
1: that's just the ante to be in the game now. That's right. Um, but but how but I talk about giving getting attachment, not loyal customers, I want attached. Mm customers. Um, you know, we mentioned the, the America. you know, I, I'm on American Airlines, I'm in American Airlines frequent prisoner program. Hmm. That's what I'm in, right? Uh, because they now own me. You know, I've got 6 million plus miles, 6.2 million miles, something like that on them. And so I can't possibly leave them. Now, that's, that's not a great example. But it does give you the idea that you want to have it to where your customers would feel like, if they left you, they actually lose. Mm,
2: that's right. That's,
1: that's really what it's all about. But, and so what I want to do with my customers, completely the flip of, of you know the, American, the frequent prisoner programs, is I want my customers to feel like rock stars. Mm. I want to make them just feel amazing. Mm-hmm. And so what I will do, I will do a number of things. Uh, uh, like for example simple 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 example is that uh, I used to have like a club of my uh clients mm-hmm. that went on for a number of years, and when somebody would refer me to somebody else typically when when uh, you get referrals you might and it 's really common for companies to say oh hey i 'll uh, um, i 'll pay you right you know i 'll give you two hundred bucks mm-hmm. for anybody who uh, becomes a customer of mine, right? Right. And and number number one, just don't do that. Just don't <laughs> do that because uh, because you're completely changing the relationship you have with that person. Yes. You're, you're changing it from a a a relationship to a
2: business. Mm.
1: You know uh, that's what you're changing it into. And people who have great experiences with you, they want. To talk about you, but how do you how do you help them do that? Well, number one is like what I would do is if somebody referred me to somebody else, then number one I would I would tell all of I would you know in my newsletters, Mm -hmm. uh you know in my in my talks to these guys or something like that I would call out people who referred me. Yes, Mm -hmm. Um, I would say I would say hey you know just you know thanks Ryan for referring me. You know that is just so. That is so awesome of you to do that. Right. I can't tell you how much I appreciate that, regardless of whether I got business out of it or not. Mm-hmm. Regardless. And when we would have meetings together, I would, for people who had referred me, you know, between, you know, be, since the last meeting we were together, I would have a limo pick them up at the airport. Hmm. And it would just be, and it would have a note inside nice. that would just say, "Hey, I just want to show. It. I just want to tell you how much I appreciate." Hmm. That that you felt strongly enough to refer me. Love that, right? Because you put your you're putting your name on the line. That's right. You know, so I'm I'm going to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Mm-hmm. You know, over and over and over again. And then what I will also do is I will like you know can I refer hmm. my clients? Uh, um. You know, you know. I mean, like, like I'm going to go out uh, and tell everybody you have to go listen to cut the crap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You have to do that because this guy is interviewing people on all many many different <laughs> aspects of being successful. You know, he's talking to people who are going to help you with your productivity, with your time management. He's going to help you with your marketing. Going to help you with your job. Hmm. Going to uh, you know he's got all these great authors that he's talking to, mm-hmm. and 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 it's great stuff. You have to listen to this podcast. Right? Hell yeah, you do. Um, Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because because I I'm just you know I'm so thankful that you have invited me to come on right on right and yeah. the least I can do is talk about you right regardless right. of whether anything else comes to me of course it doesn't matter hmm. I don't want I that's just the way the way it works so so like and and other things that I would do is I would do say like. like uh, let's say you were uh, a client of mine in some in the manufacturing world, mm-hmm. and so you and I work together, and you become success you know, more successful, uh, and so I would say, hey, let, let me do an interview with you, mm. and so I will do an interview with you that I will then put you know on my you know on my website or something like that, but then I will also have it transcribed, edited, and I will submit it to a trade magazine.
0: Nice, great idea, great and idea. And I will
1: say, I will say, here's a. Story of a company who really, you know, has really made, you know, made a difference. Right? Awesome. But I'm, and I really, you know, angle it to where it's about them, not about me, it's about Mm them. Mm -hmm. So now, and, and, you know, trade magazines, they want, they're looking for articles all the time. Oh,
2: yeah, definitely.
1: All the time. So, so, and I, so I'm making them the rock star.
2: That's right. See, I so love now, that.
1: and I've ha- i had clients who, on you know, in real publications, not just you know e e newsletters or something mm-hmm. like that, but I've had I, in real public, I've had them be- become the cover.
0: Wow! No kidding.
1: Oh, and awesome. they're now a rock star. Yeah. So you see, I look for I look for opportunities to help them be, you know, sort of famous. Of course. You know, in in their own world.
0: It's huge, uh, massive. And I don't think we think about that enough either. And all these things, all these golden nuggets, all these elements that you're talking about, we don't give enough time and attention to. And again, this idea of making your clients, your customers look like rock stars. Truly love that. I truly do. Yep. Well, Steve, I tell you, man, there's a lot of great takeaways from this one. And again, this is Uncommon. How to create an unfair advantage for competition. It was such a pleasure having you on. It was such a pleasure being able to just kind of dive deep into that brain for a little bit and take out all of those golden nuggets. Into my little brain, <laughs> not <laughs> just a little bit into, into my little brain. But there's so my many little tiny there. brain. So small, so small, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, if yours is small, what's mine then, man? Jesus. <laughs> yours is massive. Oh, there we go. See now, now you're just buttering. You have got up, so man.
1: much information
0: from all these interviews. <laughs> I'm telling you, though, there's so many great takeaways from this in Cut the Crap Podcast Nation. I hope you're taking notes. I hope you go back over this afterwards and uh, try to put some of these things into place. But above all else, just make sure you go out there, support Steve, pick up the book, support yourself. Give this book, like I said, to your directors, to your managers. Help plant those seeds in your company to start changing culture to become more uncopyable. I love that, Steve. And thank you so much, by the way, for making time to cut on uh, to come on Cut the Crap Podcast and uh, to share all your knowledge with us. And for anybody who wants to follow up with you, for anybody who wants more information, they want to follow you along online, how can they go about connecting with you?
1: Well, uh, trying to be a little bit different again, uh, rather than just say, go to my website. Here's what I'm going to do. I want to give you a a URL. It's theadventure.com, which is my website, mm-hmm. theadventure.com, one word. Uh, slash cut the crap awesome uh, just one word cut the crap go there I've got a uh, I got a white paper awesome. it's five five branding strategies on how you can really differentiate yourself from the competition uh, and all you got to do is go in there and you might be surprised what you see awesome. uh, when you go on that page uh, but just give me your email address and we'll we'll pop you out a copy of that that white paper real fast and and appreciate uh, that you join
0: us Fantastic. Again, that's five branding strategies to differentiate your company from the competition. Again, that's theadventure.com slash cut the crap. Get on there and get that white paper and give it a read because if it's anything like this podcast episode, there's going to be a lot of great golden nuggets in there that you can definitely put into practice for yourself again steve thank you so much for coming on the show man it was a great pleasure having you on and uh thank you for making time for myself and for everyone there in cut the crap podcast nation
1: my honor to be here i I appreciate the invitation a lot and hope to talk to you again Ryan.
0: all right there we have it that's uncopyable how to create an unfair advantage over your competition by steve miller it was great having steve on the show great energy great person like i said at the very top and A lot of really important foundational elements there that anybody in business, if you run a business, small, medium, large, doesn't matter. There's elements in here that you need to incorporate into your strategy, whether it's your marketing strategy, your product development strategy. You need to consider these things as part of your strategy to help you differentiate yourself, essentially to become, as Steve says, uncopyable. So it's a real pleasure having Steve on the show. Steve, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. It was a real pleasure talking to you, and I hope to have you back on the show again soon. All right, my friends, that's it for this week. So, again, if you love this episode, then please go online, rate and review the show. Don't forget to connect me online. You know all my handles. And uh, don't forget to uh, go to CutTheCrapPodcast.com and sign up for your PDF summaries. I'll be sending those out shortly. I've been really just dragging my butt on that one. But uh, there's so much work that's involved in that. But I'll get those out to you very soon. All right, my friends, that's a wrap for this week. So I hope you all have a fantastic week, a productive week, an inspired week. Catch you back here next week when I have a brand new book, brand new golden nuggets, an interview with an author. And of course, you know what I'm doing here every single week. just trying to save you a little bit of time and bring you some information that can spark real change in your life. Fantastically good. I love you guys.
3: People are shouting from every corner that it's not your fault that you were born this way. Parents, genetics, privilege, it's not your fault. Stay right where you are because you couldn't change if you tried. And maybe you'll be tempted to believe them because it's hard and no one will ever know how hard it is but you. So you take a prescription to numb the pain of denying who you really are and you run out the clock. Or one day you just wake up and say it is my fault. It's all my fault. I am responsible for who I am. I am powerful. I am the hero of my own story. I can write my destiny in Spartan red and come home with my shield or on it. To make that leap, you need only one skill, forgiveness. Because the thing that keeps us from stepping up and stepping into our power is the idea that we're supposed to be perfect. No one is fucking perfect. And that's perfect. You've screwed up before and you'll screw up again. It's why we're here. You are going to fail and fall short and let others down. It will be your fault. So you take responsibility and forgive yourself. Because it will also be all your fault when you get up. When you bounce back from rock bottom, when you prove the doubt is wrong, when you do something that only you knew was possible. That glimmer of a dream, that ember of truth, that vision you didn't dare look at for long out of fear that once you saw it, you might want it so bad that if you didn't get it, you couldn't breathe. That thing is possible. You can do it. You already know the way. You just have to do it. Go, hero, go.